Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. So thankful that you're here on a Wednesday. Don't we love the Lord tonight? Aren't we so thankful? Amen. Brother Melik and Sister Melik, I want you to come. I want them to come. I want you to understand something this evening. I want the praise team just to stay just for a moment. I want to say because they lead our seniors in that 60 plus in the church here. I want to say to them representing this congregation, without the seniors, we cannot have a good church. No seniors, no good church. Here's what I know. You're not as strong as you used to be. He said no argument. She said nothing. Amen. They're not as strong as they used to be. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I was stronger when I was in my 20s. You could say you were stronger when you were in your 40s. It's just the truth. How many people in this building understand what I'm saying? There are young men here that have the strength, but they do not have the wisdom. We need your strength with their wisdom. Come here, Faith. I want you and Sister Melik to stand together. Stand together right here. Your strength. Your wisdom. Come here, Elder. Come here. How old are you? 18. 18 and... Eighteen and none of your business. Amen. Eighteen and eighty-two. The devil would love to do this. All we need is young people in the church. If you have strength with no wisdom, it's a mess. I'm going to help you. Wisdom without zeal. Some churches you go to, all they got, excuse me, let me phrase it, old people in the church because it's only geared to old people you go to some places maybe they gear it to just you but that something happens when you put it together something special happens when you get them together come on and at the anchor it's so powerful because on a children's weekend everybody comes Because two weekends a year, we emphasize on our children. A couple weeks a year, we have youth revival and everybody comes. Not because it's designated to just the youth, but we're here supporting the youth because if the youth are here and the elders aren't here, the service is not complete. If the children are here and the adults are not here, then it's not complete. But when we all get together, something powerful begins to happen in the building. 
It doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Wednesday. Something happens when the church gets together. Something happens when we begin to praise him as one voice and one body. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's multi-generational? It's multi-ethnicity. It's multicultural. It's his church. Amen. This is a powerful picture of what the church is supposed to be. Unfortunately, Lakin's not here. She's away. But when she was a little girl, we're driving on a Sunday night. Probably would have been our third service of the day, but leaving town. And I could hear a whimpering in the back of the van. And I turn around, and we were going to a family reunion. And go stand beside him, because he's not good without you. You're not good without him. I heard her whimper. I said, Lakin, why are you crying? We were on the way to a family reunion. Had to miss church because we had missed a few years. We decided to go, and I'm glad we did. And I turned around, and I said, why are you crying? She was 10 years old. She said, I don't want to miss my church. God, have mercy on me. Let this be. Not I'm going to their church or his church or her church. This is where God's called me to worship It's where God has called me to be fed. It's where God has called me to be involved. It's where God, come on, I'm telling you, something about being at the house, something about being here. I'm privileged to be in a lot of church settings, but there's no place like this setting. It's my favorite place in the world is to be home. And I'm so thankful that tonight, Our young people have joined us in this Wednesday night. I'm so thankful for who they are. We need them. We need them. And y'all can y'all can go down if you want to. I'm gonna introduce our speaker. I'll never forget being the youth pastor here. Hard to believe that March will be 20 years when I came. I can't believe that. You're getting older when you talk decades. And uh, we we had 18 young people. And I, I remember the first service. They introduced us and handed my wife some roses and welcomed us as the youth pastors here. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. Bishop Ferris believed in the next generation. He did. Invested in that and looked at that. I'll never forget uh, having those minister classes and young preachers in there of different ages. But at pastoring, I was then pastoring. Brother Cody was 17 years old. And uh, he'd preached in the youth and preached. And I was gonna, had to be out of town and typically would bring an elder in. And I was listening to Wayne Huntley preach a message, Hath Israel no sons? Where are the warriors? Where are the ones coming up that's going to stand in the place of those that's getting weaker? And I remember listening to him preach. And I thought, my goodness, if Cody can't preach now, he's not ever going to be able to preach. I called him and I said, Brother Cody, I need you to preach on Sunday morning. He said, <coughs> Pastor, he was 17. He was winning people from the school. I like to hear a preacher that can reach people at three feet and just not 30 feet. And I'll never forget something Brother Huntley said. He said, our pulpits can't be so perfect that there's no room for anybody to grow. Did you hear me? Our churches can't be so perfect that there's no room for anybody to grow or make mistakes or learn. And 
I'm glad we have a church where people can grow and learn. And this man, I felt led on Sunday that he was to preach tonight. And uh, but I'm so thankful that you not only preached when you're seven when you were 17, but you're preaching now at how old are you? 32, 33. <laughs> year of the Lord. Amen. 33. Praise God. Lord, <laughs> let His hand be upon him. Amen. And uh, But we're so thankful for your voice and your ministry and so thankful what God's doing in you, will continue to do in you. And I want to say this before you come. I want to say I've never in almost 20 years had as many young people coming to me as they are now saying, Pastor, I am called to the ministry. I've never had more than what I have now. Pastor, I'm going to be a missionary telling me the country they're going. I feel called to preach. I feel called to be. I'm telling you, aren't you glad that God is calling? There is sons. There are daughters. There's, why don't we clap our hands and welcome our youth pastor to come and preach. To, come on, clap your hands and shout to the Lord. There's a future in this church. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Aren't we thankful for his presence? Amen. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 8. I'll begin with verse 12 here in just a moment. But before I do, I um, echo what Pastor said tonight. We have the greatest young people on the face of this planet in this, in this sanctuary here tonight. I really believe that. Young men and young ladies who are called to the ministry, called to teach and reach people. And um, these are some of the finest um, that, that, that are around. And I honor all of you tonight for who you are and uh, the hand of God that's on your life. And uh, didn't they do a wonderful job tonight leading us in worship? Amen. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that. Brother Dylan and his team, so thankful for them. And um, I, I said it to, to him privately, but I'll say it here publicly. What a powerful word that our pastor preached at General Conference. And a uh, timely word for, I believe, our movement. And uh, if, you did not, if you did not listen to that, you owe it to yourself to listen to that. It will build your faith. And um, that's where we are. Amen. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Just a simple thought tonight. I can't really um, get out of my spirit. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to you tonight. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He said, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. My title tonight on this Wednesday night is simply this, start with why. Start with why. Would you lift your hands with me and let's, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. God, I'm thankful. God, for the elders. I'm thankful for the youth. I'm thankful for a church. God, that doesn't just invest in one generation, but invests and believes in all generations. And I pray today as the younger and the older God sit in the same place. I pray that there would be a dynamic of your spirit that's here, Lord, a touch from heaven. We need you in this place. God, we need you to speak to us, open the scripture to us, give us understanding tonight. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord before you're seated. Everybody say, start with why. Turn to a couple people near you and tell them, start with why. Start with why. Now, I started with the verse where I will also end tonight, but John chapter 8 at the beginning of the chapter begins with the story of the adulterous woman. Verse 2, the Bible says, And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and, and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had sat her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, if you would with me on this Wednesday night, I know, I know you've worked today and I, I know that we're nearing the end of the day, but if you jump into John chapter 8 with me for just a moment, Jesus was right in the middle of a Bible study early in the morning. It wasn't, it wasn't noonday, it wasn't toward the evening. It, the Bible says it was early in the morning he came to the temple. Jesus just, he, he's, he, he woke up, he gets himself together, walks down from, from the mountain, from the mountain and, and walks into the temple and begins to teach. I, I can see Jesus still wiping the sleep out of his eyes when he's teaching this, teaching this Bible study in the temple. And he's, he's teaching them early in the morning. And the scribes and Pharisees come, come running in early in the morning bringing to him a woman caught in the act of adultery. John 8, 5. Now, now these Pharisees and scribes, they came to him and they, they said, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Next verse. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pharisees and scribes brought, brought this woman caught in the act of adultery. They, they threw her at his feet in the midst of a temple early in the morning in the middle of a Bible study. And, and, and they, 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 they threw this woman at the feet of Jesus to trap him. They were looking for an avenue to bring an accusation against Jesus Christ. They had, after all, they had the law on their side. They had the law of Moses on their side. Deuteronomy 22 and 22. If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall, uh, then, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put away evil 
from Israel. They, so here they have the law of Moses on their side and they, and they throw the, this, this woman that committed sin at his feet and here is Jesus in a pickle. Because if Jesus opposed stoning her, he would be opposing the law and the Jews and they would turn on him. Mind you, he would be opposing the law that he gave. But on the other side, if he advocated for stoning her, he would be in trouble with the Romans who really did have the authority to execute someone. So instead of speaking or reacting quickly, Jesus did something unorthodox. He did something out of the ordinary. The Bible says that they're in the temple early in the morning. He's got his Bible study here. He's got an adulterous woman. He's got Pharisee and scribes. He's got all of these people. And the Bible says that Jesus stoops down to the ground. Now listen, I, 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 just, I just think through this stuff sometimes. What, what would you think if I did that? Would that be a, that's that's not a typical response, Pastor Cody. I have a gluten allergy, and my friend is a, a vegan. Where do you want to go eat tonight? That was supposed to be funny right there. Thanks for the sympathy laugh. It would not be. That question didn't make sense. I understand that. That was not a part of any. Okay. We'll just move on. It would not, the, the point that I was trying to make is it would not be a normal response for me to hear a question and kneel to the ground to think about my answer. I, I would be... I think we would be hard-pressed in this room. Now, don't go quiet on me now. I need some help right now on this Wednesday night. I think we would be hard-pressed to find somebody in this room that when you were asked a question, you knelt to the ground to think about the answer. I don't know if anybody's done that. And if you have, props to you. You're, you're trying to be like the Lord. But as orthodox as his response in the moment was we can all learn something from his response. And his response was this. Jesus did not respond quickly. Jesus did not respond immediately. One thing that we can learn and should learn in this moment, when he is pressed on this side and has on the other side someone in need of mercy and help. Jesus did not act out of anger. He did not act out of just what his emotions told him to act. He took a moment and paused. He took a moment and gathered himself before he spoke. I will remind you, and I need to remind myself many times that a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. 
a fruit, a singular, one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is self-control. James 1 and 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Watch verse 20 of James 1. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So here's a question tonight. How do you respond when you're pressed? How do you respond in a moment when the unexpected comes? How do you respond when someone comes against you? How do you respond to your spouse when they say or do something that angers you? I don't know what that's like. My spouse has never angered me. How about your kids? How do you respond when your kids do does something that causes you to just, mm. how do you act? How do you respond? We can learn from Jesus in this moment because the best thing at times is not to respond. The best thing at times is to step out of the situation, put your knee on the ground for a moment, and think about what you're getting ready to say, do, or act on before you make a fool of yourself. We could learn. We How many know we all could learn from Jesus in that? Somebody say amen in this room. You know what I've learned that helps, something that helps with anger and wrath? Perspective. Perspective. I'm young-er-ish. I've got three kids, and my boys every now and again will do something that angers me. It frustrates me. It, 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 it begs for an immediate, nah. Any other parents in the building that just, you're ready to just, you know what I'm talking about? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to act out of emotion, but perspective somehow regulates, has the ability to regulate anger or wrath. Do you deal with anger or wrath? Do you struggle with just responding in a moment and acting and, and dealing with the aftermath later? You need to learn from the Lord tonight. You need to pause. You need to pause and you need to get some perspective about where you are. Because I can, I can respond to my children in a moment or I can respond with perspective. 
Well, what's your perspective? Here's my perspective that I try to align myself with every day that people tell me all the time, but I've never experienced it. One of these days, you're going to miss having those little boys running around all over the place. You're going to miss the noise. You're going to miss the 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 get, trying to get them to bed for an hour. They're up in bed. They're back down. Up in bed. Back down. Mom, I got a potty. I'm hungry. My belly hurts. I, you know, my arm and my legs asleep. And just listen, y'all. The doctor just told us a couple days ago that Winston and Lawson are going to be six four. Do you hear me? Six four. What are we doing? That's that has nothing to do with what I'm preaching tonight but I, I just couldn't keep it to myself. I'm going to have specimen in my home. <laughs> I can respond in a moment, or I can respond with perspective. I can respond out of my emotion, my anger, my frustration, or I can respond with their future in mind. I can respond knowing that I will never get back this day in their life. You know what helps anger and wrath? Perspective. Somebody say perspective. This is a commercial break and this is not where I'm going, but I, I feel to touch on this tonight. If you're dealing with anger issues or outbursts or rage, you need to get some perspective. You need to get some perspective about where you are, about what you have, about what God's given to you, about the spouse that he gave you, about all the things you've got in your life that you didn't deserve but you've got anyway. You need to get some perspective. Somebody say amen to that. You need perspective. And perspective helps wrath or anger. The story in John chapter 8 provides us with an amazing example of how we're to respond in a moment when your adversary demands your attention. We are not, ladies and gentlemen, to respond out of anger or emotion. We are to respond with the why in mind. We are to respond with the why in mind. When the scribes and Pharisees posed their question to Jesus, the law of Moses says she should be stoned, but what do you say? Jesus not only stooped to the ground, watch this tonight, I cannot get away from this tonight. He not only stooped to the ground, but the Bible says in 8 and 6 of John, and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I do not believe there is an accident ever recorded in the Word of God. I believe every word, every line, every verse is intentional. It's with purpose. It's with power. I believe there is a reason he wanted us to know that not only he got onto the ground, but he took that finger and wrote on that ground. He didn't hear him. So here... We have the Pharisees and the scribes. I need some Pharisees and scribes. Come here real quick. Yeah, come here. Come here. Come here. I need four of you. Don't all jump at once. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. 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 
We have an, yeah, this is tough. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have an adulterous woman. Uh, Sister Emily, come here. None of these, you know, represent who you really are. We love you. We believe in you. Um, and so we have Pharisees and scribes. You're, you're, uh, let's see. Um, let's get you all over here. You, Sister Emily, if you, if you would come right here, kneel on the ground. If you all would come right here. You got stones in your hands, all right? They're a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. And you're facing her, Okay. So here we've got the Pharisees, we've got the scribes, we've got the adulterous woman, and we've got the Lord. We've got Jesus. I'll play Jesus. <laughs> I told you it wasn't a reflection of who was actually up here. And we've got Jesus and we've got the people over here he's teaching a Bible study to. Hey, uh, can you all come over here? Come on, uh, Aubrey. Uh, yeah, Maddie, come hurry, 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 run, 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 run fast, hurry. We've got Pharisees and scribes. We've got the adulterous woman. We've got Jesus. We've got the Bible study. Jesus stoops to the ground, and he ran his finger through the earth. He ran. He he, he, he didn't answer quickly. He didn't respond fast to the accusations that, that were brought by, by these men. He didn't react out of anger. He didn't, he didn't throw them out. He, he, didn't, he didn't react out of any way. He stopped and he, and he wrote and he took his finger through that dirt. And I believe that the scripture was lending itself. We, we can speculate and we can go all of these different ways about what he wrote on the ground, but I don't, I don't think that's really what the scripture was trying to get us to see. I think the scripture was trying to get us to see what he was really doing. He was letting his finger run through the dirt that he formed her and he formed them and he formed them from. I believe at that moment when Jesus stooped down to the earth, that he went back to the beginning and he saw her, he saw them, not for the condition that they currently were in, not according to the place where they currently were, but I believe in his mind he went back he went back to that garden. Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God formed man to the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I believe Jesus went here in his mind, In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. I believe he saw everything in that moment when he knelt to the ground, the garden, the fall of man. I believe he saw the prophet Isaiah on a, at a desk with a candle lit, writing, writing the scripture for unto us a child is born. And 
unto us a son is given. I believe that in that moment he saw absolutely everything, his, his birth, his life, his, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and, 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 and the rapturing of his church. I believe at the moment he ran his finger through the earth, he saw man and woman not for what they were at the moment, accusers, men that were trying to plight and plot to get him killed. Sinner made a mistake, did something wrong. I don't believe he saw them for where they currently were, but I believe with all of my heart that he saw them at that very moment for what a man they could and they would become. I believe at that moment, Jesus aligned his thoughts to answer the question, why? Why did I come in the first place? Why was I born in the first place? Why did I come to this earth in the fire? I didn't come to throw a stone. I didn't come to eliminate sin. I came to save people out of sin. I came to help the broken, not to eliminate them. I've come to tell somebody in this room, Jesus stepped out of the moment and he, and he got back into the, aligning, into the aligning thought of why am I doing what I am doing and out of answering the question of why am I doing what I'm doing, Jesus stood and he spoke to those men, let him that is without sin cast the First stone. He said to them, You that are without sin, you, you go ahead. You go ahead and cast the first stone. You go ahead. And throw that stone and watch her bleed. Watch her, watch her life in right before your eyes. Go ahead, throw that stone. Go ahead and end her life. But remember, she's not the only one that's messed up. She's not the only one that's made a mistake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can throw the stone, but don't you dare forget. Don't you dare forget. They continued asking him. He lifted up himself, said to her, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience, immediately he brought everything into perspective. Immediately. The men that were burning with anger and burning with, with desire to see the Lord killed. Immediately those men were pricked in their heart. They were pricked in their spirit. How, how could I throw this stone and end her life when I, if I look, if I look back at me, and how could I throw in one by one from the oldest to the youngest? The Bible says one by one they dropped their stones and they walked out, amen, of that temple. And Jesus made a decision in that moment, amen, that, that caused them to rethink what they were doing and why they were doing it. But it also caused her to be pardoned, amen, of a sin, of a mistake, of a wrongdoing. Jesus 
Jesus thought and paused about before he answered and because he was able to to respond correctly, amen, that woman's future could be saved and those men, every single one of them, when their conscience was pricked and their spirit was stirred, they had an opportunity to realign with why they are doing what they are doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I can, uh, I, I, I can respond. I can respond in a moment for what I see right now. Or I can respond for what I can see in the future. And it would do somebody in this room very good to not respond by the evidence that is before you now. But it would be very good for you to respond in a way that saves her and pricks them. That spares her and that helps somebody hear me on this Wednesday night. Don't respond in a moment. Stop and ask yourself why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I living the way that I'm living? Why am I attending church? Why? Why? Ask yourself why. Jesus, John 8 and 10. Jesus, when Jesus had lifted up himself, you can stand with me. Music can come. Thank you all so much. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, woman, woman, not degraded, the same thing he called his mother. He called an adulterous woman had been caught in the act of adultery. Woman. Woman. In other words, I see value in you. I still see. I still, I know you made a mistake, but I still see value in you. Woman. Where are your accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It was perfect. It was perfectly balanced. It wasn't. He didn't come at her and end her life. Nor did he pardon the sin without instruction. He said, woman, your accusers are gone. Go and sin no more. I can see it. Verse 11 concludes. Verse 12 comes again where I began. Then spake Jesus again unto them. All of it unfolded in a Bible study early morning in the temple. 
scribes were gone, Pharisees were gone, and the woman was gone. Jesus sat back down at the table and said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. <laughs> he sat down. These people just witnessed all of it. They saw all of it happen. They thought they were getting ready to watch a murder. people watching how you how you answer there's people watching how you respond there's people hanging on your response people hanging on how you how you answer they watched it all they saw the accusers they saw the woman they saw Jesus he sits back down with them as if to make a statement people that he was discipling on that morning. Don't you ever forget, I'm the light of the world. The reason why I'm here, the reason why I came to this earth is because I'm the light of the world. And there's people that walk in darkness, but I'm going to take those people that walk in darkness and I'm going to give them an opportunity to walk in light and the people that walk in the light the people that follow me shall not walk in darkness they'll have light they'll have clarity they'll have clear direction they'll know where their step where their next step is going if you follow me there's light ladies and gentlemen tonight you've got to start with why why did you make the decision to follow him in the first place? I'm talking to somebody that's discouraged. I'm talking to somebody, whatever. I'm talking to somebody in this room. you got to start with why. Why did I do it in the first place? Why am I here in the first place? And you've got to let the why. Realign your emotions, your thoughts, your anger, your wrath, your bitterness, your hurt. Your pain, you've got to let why reaffirm, realign your spirit to what it ought to be. Lord, I've obeyed you tonight. I feel a touch of the Holy Ghost in this room. God, I pray for every individual under the sound of my voice. God, you're good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. God, you extend mercy. You extend grace, God. I thank you tonight for grace. God, and I pray for individuals under the sound of my voice that have freely received God, that they would freely give tonight. Give mercy. Give grace. 
give pause to the situation. I pray, Lord, tonight for your people that we would stoop down to the ground and remember why. Why? I'm talking to some people in this room tonight. You've lost your why. You've wandered and forgot why you committed your life to him to begin with. You've forgotten the why. You've forgotten the reason why you're here. You're not here. You're not here to please people. You're not here just to put on a good facade. Some of you have lost your why. Somebody in this room, your attendance has become just because I have to. It's become because that's that's what we do. That's what we've always done. That's what we will do. That's good at moments, but it can't be your why. It can't be the reason. It can't be the factor that you base your decisions off of. There's got to be a realignment tonight of why am I doing what I am doing? Man did not call you. God called you. Man did not bring you out. God brought you out. Man did not keep you in that sin. God pulled you out of that sin. And on this Wednesday night, I know where I'm at in the Holy Ghost. On this Wednesday night, somebody's got to realign your thinking. And you've got to get your why back. I'm here. I love him because he first loved me. I love him because he first loved me. They're going to begin to play and sing. You can say and pray where you are or you can come to this altar. But all over this place, would you lift your hands? Would you, would you close your eyes? And would you call on the name of the Lord and realign yourself? With the purpose and the plan God put in your life to begin Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.